Welcome, diary listeners. This is the Black Box series, our look into real stories that change the names to protect the innocent. Hello, and welcome back, diary listeners. This is part two of Bella's Black Box story, and where we left off last week was about the time that she was describing uh, her money situation at her studio and how it was getting really, really, really messed up. So without further ado, take it from here, Bella. Kind of convolute our conversation of where you were making accusations against me and I was defending myself saying well maybe this might be happening (laughs) as actually after that conversation I went home and she texted me later and she said that she's going to put in a box just for my money that only me and her are going to have a key to so once the deposits and the money are taken the apprentices are supposed to just put them in there and they can't go in it so that was her way of kind of fixing the problem. And I was kind of happy with that. I was like, okay, at least my money's separate. Like at the end of the day, I can go into it and check that everything's right. right. And uh, also I should add from that point until I left, no money of mine went missing. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, so then she basically said, it's like, well, you spoke to me and you said, you think people are stealing money? So, you know, you can't say anything about it now. Like they can't touch it. And I was like, Okay, first of all, that is my purse. That is my money. It's had nothing to do with work. Mm -hmm. It should be my decision. Like, who touches the eye, who doesn't? Second of all, I never said anybody's stealing from me. I said people keep making mistakes, and they do. All of us. And I don't mean just them. You make mistakes. James makes mistakes. I make mistakes. It happens. Right. It was just another step to kind of stop mistakes from happening or catching them when they do. And she's like, oh, well, you can't change the narrative now. You said what you said. It's like, what do you mean? I didn't say it, though. No. Like, I was getting really kind of, like, agitated by this because she was putting words in my mouth. and was gaslighting. Something- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it's something clicked in my brain and I was like, hang on a minute is that why they've been acting funny with me did you tell them that I think they steal money from me mm-hmm. and she's like well yeah because that's what you said I couldn't believe it I was like I should have been able to believe it because of all the shit that's happened so far but like are you joking even if I did say that which I didn't but even if I did you don't go to your other employees and be like oh this one thinks you're stealing from them how right. fucking unprofessional is that right Wow. Yeah, so, that's not yeah, good. That was that was the nail in the coffin. I was like, this place is fucking toxic as shit. I need to get out of here now. Wow. And, yeah. Well, I'm Luckily. glad that you told that story because that's a lot of people, especially around money, you know, yeah. people and, and just business in general, you know, when you've already tattoo studios because they are typically, you know, a handful of people, they are very intimate whether you have like a whole family vibe or not, they tend to kind of feel that way anyway. So, you know, the relationship and the time that you spend with those people is so intimate. And so, you know, you, you, the, the tattooing task in itself takes so much time and attention and perseverance to just perform for your client. 
that to do that in a space with other people and then work together with other artists, which were weird, um, you know, like we all have our own quirky shit. And then, you know, to have to approach, you know, a difficult thing like money or any of the business stuff that where you're like, okay, this is a problem. You know, it's never easy to have conflict or to have confrontation, but it sounds like you were always trying to keep it classy. And she was just there to keep smacking you in the mouth because you were doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it was. Oh man. I'm, um, I think for her, like the control aspect was bigger than anything. Yeah. If she started feeling like she was losing control, it was just the hell breaks loose again. Mm. And it, that was with everything. It wasn't just with money either. It was with the actual tattooing itself. You know, from the very beginning of my apprenticeship, everything was so structured and it had to be within the outlines that she set out. I remember one time she made me cry in front of a client. Um, well, I've already been tattooing for a few years and this was um, a regular as well. And I was doing a big piece on her, like kind of from the bottom of her hip all the way up to her armpit. Oh and it was like some flowers or something. It was really pretty, like outlined with some like nice bright colors in them. And it was kind of one of the first times I was approaching such a big project. So I was excited, but obviously a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use numbing spray at mm-hmm. um, the studio, but it only obviously works on broken skin. So yeah. I sort of figured, you know, ribs are a horrible area. It's fucking painful, man, you know, so... I'm going to do my client a favor and myself a favor and outline half of the piece, spray her and color it in. Yeah. Because why not? You know? Yeah. No, that was not the right thing to do. As soon as I started getting my colors out, she was just like, what the hell are you doing? Do you really think you're going to like outline the whole piece and start coloring in today? And I was like, well, no, I just thought that, you know, because it's a painful area I'll do half of it and then color it in and then we can place on the other half next time like it's an organic piece those pictures can be easy to match up we'll be fine Nico Horatado does that all the time he'll like (laughs) he'll like do just a really beautiful shirt with like all the things in it and then fuck the face you get the face next time like a super realistic artist does (laughs) that exactly but it's no she's having absolutely none of it she's like no that's not how we do things here you know we do the outline first and then we color in and I was like well I just thought because it's a really painful area and like I wanted to make it better for my client she's like no she'll be fine she's a tough girl like I've tattooed her before she'll be all right and I was just like oh my fucking god like this was kind of at the end of a week where it was just not a good week at all anyway and I was just like fucking hell I give up. I fucking give up. I, and I start crying. I went to a different room and she followed me and she's like, what's going on? I was like, what the fuck do you mean? What's going on? And what am I doing here? Yeah. yeah. If I can't even like do a tattoo, like correctly, like decide how, what I'm doing now, like what am I doing? Maybe mm-hmm. I just can't do this. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. Like maybe I'm just done with it. Like I just think I should quit, you know? Right. And she was just like, oh, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Like, this is just, you know, you just got to stick to things how we do them. And I was like, well, it's just like, yeah, I thought like, I was doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, like, why is it so wrong? Yeah. And she couldn't give me a reason. She couldn't. Yeah. She kept like, you know, spinning things around and going to other things and saying that this and the other. And I was just like, oh, you're not helping me because I like to know things. 
you know, I like the structure part of things to a point because I, if I know what I'm doing, then I know what I'm doing. But if you can't give me answers to why I'm doing these things, then I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Right. And if there really isn't no reason, then, then that goes both ways. Like, you know, people are like, I I always love the whole thing where they're like, oh, well, it shouldn't matter if this, and I'm like, oh, be careful because if it shouldn't matter, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one way or the other. So if you're as willing to be like, well, it shouldn't matter, then why does it matter? Why are we even bringing it up? Why are we talking about it? Why did you stop me? Why did, why did any of this happen? Yeah. If there's no reason to it, you're just making me while you're a bully, you're bullying me for no reason except for getting off on this power play that you have. She was still very good with her words back then. Maybe I was just really bad at listening to what was actually happening, but I think she said something along the lines of, or we can't have all the answers, Bella. Like this is just not how the world works. Like sometimes things just need to be done a certain way and you can't keep asking questions. Like, I know you're weird like that, but that's just not what you're going to get. <laughs> you're weird like that? Oh, my God, yeah. dude, you poor thing. Now, now, don't always ask questions. Always. I love endless, endless, endless questions. Question, Literally. questions. In fact, the way to combat a bully is to question their questions, to ask yeah. more questions in the face of something where they're, they're telling you something. Stop. Don't answer them. Ask them another question fuck their ass up I always flip the script on that shit because I'm (laughs) like no 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 asshole you're going to answer for the shit that you have that you're coming at me hot with no 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 and it's not you being if anything it was you being innocent which I think a lot of people feel bad about but it's Mm. not bad to feel to 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 not know that's not knowing that's that's what, what you should feel bad about is, is wrecking innocence about purposely yeah. trying to send somebody astray or make them feel bad for a lack of unknowing. No one should feel bad for not knowing ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. That's, that's a, that's a clean straight slate. That's an open book. That's something that you get to write in, that you get to put your print on, that you get to help And if what you want to do is make them feel bad for not knowing about something, I mean, that's, that's, that's rough. That's terrible. Honestly, I think it was just like a game to her because there's so much hypocrisy going around as well. She'd say stuff like that. And then other times if I didn't ask a question and instead done something wrong, she'd just say like, oh, why didn't you just ask? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, well, because when I do ask, you're telling me that I shouldn't because there isn't answers like you know what, what do you want me to do here I, I, I'm lost. <laughs> I don't think it was a game to her I think it was honestly a deep character disorder that she had um probably from her own pain and it's yeah. hard because now that you're out of it you're freshly out of it you know it's good to feel the anger it's good to let it wash over you it's good to because that'll allow you not to have it happen again to reflect on those things but the end part of that is then finding the compassion for the person that would do it um richard roth once said pain that is not transformed is transmitted and that's often the case with people like that is that you know a control structure where you have to make people feel bad like that is often the result of somebody doing the same thing to them 
So they abuse because they were abused and it's a, yeah. it's a cyclical cycle of pain that, you know, they're, they're not even woefully conscious of. Um, and if they don't seek therapy like you did, they'll never stop it. And so yeah. it's good that you went to therapy. It's good that you are analyzing these things, breaking them down, moving on, feeling the anger, you know, talking about it with me, sharing this with other people so that they don't have to feel the same pain. Um, it's very cathartic and it's good. I'm glad you're doing this. I mean, I'm glad for the podcast, obviously on my own selfish, <laughs> <laughs> my own selfish, um, things here, but that's very, it, it, you know, this is, um, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of true crime and things like that. I listen to a lot of, um, I read a lot of books about psychology and psychi- you know, psychopathy. I think I said that right. Um, but like I said, this is very cult ish behavior. And, um, it's, it sounds like you had either, I mean, I'm not a diagnostic specialist or anything, but a character disorder, um, something that's a, a, a sociopath, you know, somebody who lacks a certain portion of empathy because of their own experience. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things like that. So maybe, maybe in her mind, she felt like, um, it was just, it was just a, it was a power play. It was a superiority complex that wasn't real. It was an ego. Um, and it's easy within art to have, find that because we have to constantly balance our ego. You know, we have to make it work for us and in ways. Um, and I will tell you that like, you know, I, I told you, I've said it many times on my, my podcast here, but you know, my apprenticeship scared me. The, the one where I taught, you know, she scared the shit out of me because I, I couldn't be what she needed. And it's been really hard for me to take on another apprentice. In fact, my last one, I, I had to end it and I'm not even sure. I mean, I think I made the right move, but I, he hit a, he hit a spot with me that was very similar to hers. And I just couldn't, I was like, I cannot do this again. I can't put myself through this again. I cannot you know, and it can go both ways, but like, I'm in a place right now, you know, just to let you know, or I'm starting over. I have to think about what I want to build. Do I even want to like teach other tattoo artists? How fucking, I thought it was this and it became all this. And like, it traumatized me, man. Like I like went through yeah. a lot. And I, I do want to touch back on something that you said earlier. You know, the reason why this is called the apprenticeship diaries is because we are constantly apprentices. It's not a weird thing for you to think of yourself as a continual apprentice. I think that's a good thing because you do like questions and you do have many and hopefully you'll have many for the rest of your life. And that's the point. It's a a beautiful journey of discovery and constantly learning. And just because you're making money and you're stabilizing yourself within a profession doesn't mean that you don't have the care and want to keep scaling yourself and becoming better and more it's yeah. only baseline that we start hurting people like that when we feel like we've hit a certain point where now we've arrived to a point where we can do what was done to us that's when it's not good anymore yeah and you got to evaluate that yeah for sure dude uh <laughs> I I mean, we so. went, we went, we went far, but I think we told a lot about what, um, you know, what happened to you. Is there anything else within that space that you really want, you know, the listeners to hear about your 
what happened. I mean, it sounds like you had a very structured curriculum. There were some gems. I'm happy for the ones that you shared yeah. that you did. Um, yeah, I think there's just one more thing that keeps coming to mind. Um, just another like one of those red flags that if anyone sees it, they should just question it or get out sort of thing. And it was, you know, post-apprenticeship, like I was supposed to be, you know, a fully-pledged tattoo artist and eventually, like, obviously keep learning because you never stop and eventually make my way into doing, like, lots of different styles and placements and stuff. But like I said, I've worked there for seven years, almost seven years, but very close to. And you would have mm-hmm. thought that's quite a long time, you know. Even you're literally with- a different person. You know that, right? Like, you're... <laughs> yeah. you're- that is the cycle of our cellular structure. Like yeah. our cells have fully come off yeah. in sloth and you are a completely different human after seven years. So it is a very significant thing. And you are also the seventh apprentice, which I like the sevens. I'm, I'm a big woo woo. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. You were a whole new person. <laughs> even, even after that whole time, even up until the point when I left, I still wasn't allowed to tattoo realism. I still wasn't allowed to do cover-ups or reworks. I wasn't allowed to tattoo hands, fingers, or necks because they're only for advanced artists, i.e. Victoria, and not me. And not for the lack of trying, don't get me wrong, because I started practicing realism five years ago. It was into my year of actual tattooing rather than apprenticing. And I was doing all right, you know, you know I'm never gonna say my work is perfect or anything but I feel like the pieces I was doing were looking good mm-hmm. and I got to see most of them healed as well and they were looking good as well mm-hmm. and then unfortunately the lockdowns hit and we stopped and uh, we were not back in the shop for you know almost half a year and then there was another lockdown for another month there was another one for another four months so there's a big gap in between and when we got back the shop got busier than ever and mm-hmm. it was good obviously for the money especially mm-hmm. um but it's, because we were so busy there wasn't a lot of time and eventually I was just like look you know we were doing all these practicing for realism I'd like to kind of crack on with that if that's okay you know like I'm happy making all the money I'm making and I'm doing some cool pieces and whatnot but that's not what I'm here for I want to learn fucking everything I want to mm-hmm. know all Right? And I right. probably never will, but I want to keep learning. Mm-hmm. And also, because I kind of already had an idea of how to talk to her to get the answers that maybe I wanted, I also said that, you know, like, I know you're really busy and I know you keep saying that you're only doing realism and stuff and you want to get on with like dot work and geometric and whatnot. Like, if we finish my learning, I can start like, taking some of the pieces off you so you have the time to do what you want to do. Right. But even that wasn't enough. Like at that point, she was just like, no, it's all right. I don't mind doing realism now. Like we just don't have the time for it now. So don't worry about it. And I was just like, but I am worried about it because I want to yeah. do it. It's I wouldn't not... be coming to you if I. <laughs> <Yeah>. And then <laughs> yeah. she was like, and I even said, I'll come in on my days off. I'll tattoo in the evenings. Like you don't have to be there or fucking film the whole thing, send you the pictures and get them to come back when it's healed, you know, like before the lockdown I already got to a point when I was tattooing actual clients not just my friends and family members for free but actual customers were paying like half the price so it's you know better mm-hmm. than like a 10 pound tattoo or whatever I was we were getting yeah. there and she was like oh well no I just I don't have the time in the evenings or on my days off but 
like if we did go back into it, we'll have to start from scratch. And I was like, what? Why do we have to start from scratch? I thought I was, you know, getting to yeah. when I've done about 20 of these things already. We've seen about 15 of them healed. Like, what else do you want me to do? Yeah. She's like, well, you know, just don't question it. Like, it's just, it's just how it's going to be. So take it or leave it. Mm. No, okay then. So yeah, like I sort of gave up on that idea. Then people kept messaging me every now and then about like hand tattoos and stuff like that. And we do have a policy in place saying, well, we only tattoo hands and necks if you're heavily covered or if you have mm-hmm. something there already, which is fine. I'm, you know, pretty down with that policy. Um, but then we start getting a little bit more loose with it, and like depending on the person's age, like how established they are in their job and you know what they do for a living, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And this lady messaged me, and she was like, I think in her 40s or 50s, she ran her own company. She was pretty set, had all the tattoos, but nothing on the hands yet. But she only wanted like a little floral thing kind of on that like fleshy bit of the hand, mm-hmm. like between like the thumb and the index finger. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's probably like the easiest place on the yeah. hand, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel much different than, I don't know, like a cough or something. And it's a floral thing, which I've been doing hundreds and thousands of things before. So I was like, oh, this could be my way in, you know, like yeah. it's an easy placement on the hand and it's something that I'm used to doing and I know how to do. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to do that. She's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Like, why don't you know? Can I just do it? yeah and her husband was there and I spoke to him about it it's like oh well we, we know you can do it I'm like okay so can well, I do it then? yeah can it's just you know whether she'll let you I was like oh brilliant okay so what what are the criteria for that then because what do I need to do right <laughs> and uh, she let me and I did it and it was fine. You know, she made all this massive deal about how difficult it is and it's for like advanced artists and whatnot. And then it was fine. And I was like, what? You know, and then the <laughs> next hand tattoo came in and I was like, oh, well, you know, because I did that one the other day. Is so if I take this one on too? So no. <laughs> so this is going to be <laughs> every <not>? single time. <laughs> Yeah, so, and it was just like walking around on tiptoes, just trying to get, you know, the right moment to ask the question and hopefully get the right answer and whatnot. And it just wasn't happening like so much and just kept like putting me in the ground for nothing, you know, like I've been tattooing for like six years at least. She kept you an apprentice. Yeah. Why can I not do it? Mm. You can't give me a reason. Other than always oh, for advanced artists, it's a bit tricky. Like, okay, well, tell me, that's your job. Right. What it what is the um qualification for advanced artists? Was there any outline for that? No. And that's what I was gonna ask you that on one of our questions is is there a set curriculum? I mean, it was clear that she had tasks for you and that she met with you around those tasks, but um, one of the things that I did with my apprenticeship for my my apprentice was I typed out a curriculum. And I shared it with both her and my boss because I wasn't the owner of the studio. Um, I shared my, you know, because I was like, well, I've never done this. I want to I want to share, you know, with my boss, my mentor, you know, what I'm aiming to do, have him look it over and see if I'm like hitting all the, the notes. And then I wanted her in her journey to know what to expect. 
And then to be able to look that over, you know, like when you go to university, they give you a curriculum, they give you a, you know, at this mark, you're going to experience this at this mark and experience that. So that way the accountability was on both of us. Cause I wanted her to, you know, hold me accountable too. And I always had that dialogue. I was like, listen, I'm new to this. I'm going to, I'm going to come into this, like with the best intentions. I've never taught anybody. And she was a teacher. So, you know, I was like, I think out of anybody, you would be the best person because you'd be able to call me out. If like you need something, I'll, I'll listen and I'll try to fix it. Um, but like my boss was my conflict because he got his own apprentice and then completely railroaded my curriculum. Um, he like did things with his apprentice that I wasn't allowing my apprentice to do at that point for very specific reasons. And he had already cleared my curriculum and said, Oh yeah, that looks good. But then when he hired his own apprentice, he kind of created this competition thing between apprentices to where then my apprentice felt like shit because she wasn't advancing as fast as his. And she's, she came to me, she's like, is there something that I'm doing wrong? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm sticking by a curriculum. And I was like, I can't control this man. Like he, he, he went off on his own. Like I wasn't even in the studio at the time. Like this just happened. And so I had to meet with him and he was like, well, we just felt like doing it. And I was like, asshole, could you like understand the fact that we're kind of doing a thing together? We're in a shop together. Like this is a, this is a community where I can't have you just being irreverent and just saying, fuck it one day. And and throwing a carrot or, or giving a treat to one of our, to one of our puppies and not giving it to the other. Like, you can't do that. Like you're, you're, you're trying to make this like a a competition thing. It's not a competition thing. We're trying to raise fucking people together. We're like co-parents, Dick. Like (laughs) you didn't consult. And I was like, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to work with you. And you just are like, uh, and this wasn't even for my studio. This was for his studio. I was, I was raising him another artist. Like I was just like, Oh my God. But yeah, like that was my conflict. So I, now that it's on me, you know, I'm, I don't even know if what I did was correct, but it sounds like it was like giving somebody expectations, letting them know what they should expect, what we're going to do. Um, all of those things and not letting things go off the rails and constant checks of accountability on both people's edge. Like that probably was the best, but I'm so unsure now, like it's, it's rough to, you know, cause I can tell it from you on the other end. It's like, I'm just like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know like what I've experienced is like real or anything. Cause there was so much gaslighting. There was so much like just trying to make you question so much of who you are and what you are and what you think is right and no support. And for me now in reflection, it was, it was very purposeful to keep me down and to keep me in a very specific place of being used. And the second that wasn't convenient anymore. Talk about an Irish goodbye. I was texted. I was fired. I was, I was completely I was completely railroaded. My boss didn't even, my mentor of like 11 years at that point, didn't even meet me to shake my hand when I collected my stuff. 
I mean, it was crazy, dude. Like I, I'm still rebounding mentally. I don't even know, like tattooing now to me, like it, it, I love it. I love what I do with my clients, but there's a part of it to me who has caused such trauma that I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's, I do it's- know. I do know. <laughs> I mean, you're healing me just so you know, like within your story, I really appreciate it. Cause it, it's giving me a lot of ahas. So same here. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> but it's funny to say about the curriculum and of, of the things that you said as well, um, about the, the competition and stuff between the other people as well. I feel like I've had elements of that, that I'm mixed in to my situation myself, funnily enough, because mm-hmm wasn't a curriculum the the idea of an actual apprenticeship curriculum is such a new concept to me Mm -hmm. it's um I just didn't even know that was a thing you know the only kind of structure part of the actual learning was the sketchbook because once that was completed would even move on to another sketchbook if necessary or start tattooing and like on fake skin and then once that's done then we move on to people and then once that's done and we move on to actual paid stuff but there wasn't any dates set out for it or anything it was just kind of like when Victoria feels like it's time mm-hmm. then it's time but she wouldn't give me any clues as to when that time was coming whatsoever um I wasn't getting much feedback other than the negative um mm-hmm. there's always something wrong like I remember like pretty much having panic attacks on my way into work every day because she liked to start the day off by putting up a photo of something I did and go the fuck is that so morning oh my god um holy shit girl um yes uh, she'd print them out as well and circle like big horrible things and like the fuck is this like that's mail too um yeah is that what you said putting it in mail to you as well Oh, yeah, she takes it to me sometimes, but mostly she'd do it in person just as I walk in through the door just to, you know, really get me going for the day. Oh, but you couldn't even escape it. That's like, I mean, not only did your days of work suck, but like you're you couldn't even escape it when you were away. So like, oh, no, that was not. No, there was not a thing like work was 24 seven. She would text me all kinds of new times of the day and ask me to do certain things or chat about this that, and the other, like it was constant. Um, <gasps> oh and, my God. Yeah. The competition things, because like I said, like, oh, you know, I was tattooing for a while, even after I finished my apprenticeship and I was still not allowed to do certain things. And um, she had a friend who also owned a shop and had an apprentice kind of roughly about the same time as me and we both sort of graduated um around the same time ish too uh-huh. and we followed each other on instagram and it's kind of like a you know like a support companion real yeah. we kept like liking each other's stuff and commenting on him like oh that's really cool mate you know that kind of thing and eventually like he started progressing so much faster than me he was doing hand tattoos. He was doing realism tattoos. And, and I was just not even talking about these things for me. And I was just like, am I really terrible at this? Like, what's going on? Right. Like, I was getting really upset about it and really worked up. And I spoke to her about it. And she was she was actually quite nice about it this time. She was like, oh, well, you know, you can't compare yourself to other people. You know, if you, I want you to find five pictures of his work that you think are the best 
and I want you to find five pictures of your work that you think are the best and then do the same for the worst for both of you. And she sat down with me and we went through them. And when we looked at his best pieces, they actually weren't that good. There was quite a lot of like inconsistencies, like in the line work and the shading and stuff. And it really made me kind of step back a bit from the whole competition thing and be like, oh, okay, you know, that's, it's not quite how it seems on social media. Like mm-hmm. obviously his friendship's a lot different. He's allowed to just kind of crack on with whatever he wants and not necessarily for the better. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I mean sort of held back I suppose because we want to do it the right way and I think it was a good thing at the time but in the long term it ended up being an excuse mm-hmm. like it's not your time yet Bella like there's not time you can't be doing this yet it's too advanced like you're not ready I'll let you know when you're ready yeah no it, it was it was an excuse at least it is to me because yeah I um yeah. It was very different. I mean, like the way I taught was like completely opposite, which Mm -hmm. we could, we could find flaws in it for sure. But I let my apprentice do shit that she was like, why did you let me do that? And I was like, I mean, you did it. She was like, it was unbelievable. And the thing that I had that perhaps your, your mentor didn't have was that I had hair as a starting thing. And I know that people fall in love with you when you service them that. And I also know that art is very subjective. Uh, It is like, you can't ask a layman to look at art and then see all the things that we see. We see things because we have a very concentrated exposure to art all the time. And, you know, we follow a million tattoo artists, whereas the average person follows like two, you know, (laughs) and like, they don't know what's good. And it's not to say that we should take advantage of that, but also you can't negate the part of the process that isn't even about it being a good tattoo or not. It's their tattoo. How many people have you seen that have joy that come to you and they go, want to see my tattoo. And they're so thrilled about it. And it's not that good of a tattoo, but they're thrilled. They're super happy. Like they're in love with their artists and everything. And you could sit there and rain on their parade and point out all the things that makes their tattoo shit. Or you can go, yeah, man, it's really awesome. Like, that's awesome. Like, oh, you're a tattoo artist too. And you know, they'll be like, oh, maybe I'll come and get something with you. And you could go, oh, does that person think that my work looks like that? Because that's awful. Or you could say, well, that's great. They love tattoos. They weren't wounded within a tattoo experience. Now they can come to me and now they can experience my art. And now I have an opportunity to show them what I do with this. And, you know, it, it, um, for me, it was always about, I don't, I never want my apprentice, whoever that is to be a carbon copy of me. I don't, I want them I want to give them tools. I want to give them constant little cheerleading kind of things throughout their journey to kind of like keep, keep them swimming, you know, like it's fine. It's going to feel like shit. Keep going. You're good. You know, it's cool. Like you, you're not supposed to be like me. I think the big thing aha for my apprentice was when she saw a tattoo come back of a tattoo artist outside of our entire shop healed. And she was like, Holy shit, dude that thing looked amazing on social media and I'm seeing it healed and it has 
so many problems with it. And she was like, oh, wow. Like what I see is the freshly done tattoo and I'm seeing it on social media, the whole thing's being choreographed and I've worshiped this person. And now I'm seeing the tattoo in person healed. And whoa, like Mm. that is not what, what I thought that person did. And then she heard about how the, their client felt and the client said he was rough. He rushed the whole process. Like it was, he was heavy handed and parts of it. The reason why it didn't heal well is because it's scarred. And my apprentice was like, holy shit, dude, like that matters, that matters. And, and it does matter because it's not just about the piece. It's not just about putting in a dope tattoo because only a handful of people, us know what the fuck that is. Our clients don't, they want to be a part of an experience that is alien to them. That is so special. And when we make them feel like they have to, because you probably weren't the only person feeling that way. Like the clients are probably feeling that way too. Like I have to be just so, and I have to approach these people just certain way. And I have to, I have to understand what is a good tattoo and what is not a good tattoo. And there's all this like catty shit that like gets wrapped into the tattoo world that I've seen anyway, that I'm just like, I'm not doing tattoos to be loved by other tattoo artists. I'm not, I'm doing it to appease my client. My client is the one that pays me. My client is the one that came to me. My client is the one who has worshiped my art. That's who I'm doing it for. Fuck the other tattoo artists, man. They can kiss my ass. I didn't do it for them. You know, like I just don't. So, and that it's funny. I mean, like, like I said, not to take away from, I'm sure I did a lot of fucked up shit. I know I did when I, with my apprentice, I know it wasn't perfect. I'll come off of it any day. I've already let her yell at me for a lot of it. (laughs) And I'll still let her yell at me for it because, you know, she was a baby and I didn't know. And she didn't know. And we both came with good intentions. And I, I do, if had, I could, I take it, if I could take it back, I would, you know, like I can't, (laughs) it's done. And she's a tattoo artist now and she's awesome. And she's on her own journey and she's left the shop that we, we both were at. So she's on her own road now. And it's great. It's great to see that. But, you know, did I fuck her up a bit? Probably. Yeah, I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure I did. But I met, I met her no harm. And I do think that matters. It doesn't sound like that was the case in your realm. Uh, it sounds like no, I think this is the main difference, though, because just the way that you speak about her, you know, you obviously wish her the best and you're proud of her for, you know, becoming the person that she is now. And I, I can see you're genuinely happy with the results, even though you obviously may have some regrets. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you're happy. And unfortunately, that was not the case for me. I found out that Victoria was saying certain things about me behind my back as soon as I told her that I'm leaving literally i'm proud of you (laughs) (laughs) i'm fucking ecstatic you gotta you gotta cross the pond that is very proud of you (laughs) yeah her husband in fact went as far as to mildly and subtly threaten me um because the initial conversation about me leaving went a little bit like this up until the very end even now, I'm still trying to keep a bit of class about the whole situation, you know, and I pulled her to the side and I was like, look, 
I wanted to let you know that I started thinking about leaving. I haven't got any plans yet. I just wanted to bring you on board as soon as the thought popped in my head. I didn't want it to be a surprise. I didn't want to leave you hanging, you know. I'm happy to, like, stay until you find someone else. Mm-hmm. There's no rush. Like, I just, you know, want to make sure this is done the right way. And I just wanted to be, you know, honest with you. Right. And unfortunately, I didn't get the same thing back from her. Um she was not happy of the fact that I decided to leave. She said that it just seems really unfair that she got me to a stage where I'm making money and uh, now I'm going to leave with the money. <laughs> and uh, I was like, it's not about the money. It's no. Not about the money. Um, no. And again, I still tried to make it, you know, really kind of professional. Nice. yeah professional like you know one of the biggest things the reasons why I really wanted to go into tattooing was the traveling the fact that you can take your craft and go literally anywhere in the world and meet new people who do the same thing but differently in different Mm -hmm. places and new clients and just learn so much and just see everything and she did that too before I started working there she traveled a lot she used to work in Amsterdam quite a lot and she would tell me about all these experiences and when I did start working there it wasn't so much her going away for work but for holidays and stuff but even still like I would listen to her stories and I'd be like I want that for me Mm -hmm. I want to go see the world you know and like I want to be like you I want to get to a stage where I can do what you do Mm -hmm. so I said to her it's like look I know that what you need for the studio is for someone to be here like five days a week at least it was six days a week for six years but I managed to wiggle a day and then I just don't think it'd be fair if I you know expected you to let me go off and do my own thing whenever I wanted to so I'd rather let you know that I'm thinking of leaving and doing these things and you can find someone here who's going to be more stable and reliable for you Mm -hmm. um but no she was just upset that basically like she never told me no to taking time off which is not true I have been told many times because it was first come first served um and her and her husband went off at least once or twice a month um to different places and I had to be in the shop because someone had to run it she would never close the shop down never and her husband and her wouldn't split the the duty of that no no they always went away together oh they know ne- uh, did she never invited you guys as a crew to to go together and shut um, down the shop no no oh, no it's awful no. if if we any at any point we did anything together as a shop it'd be outside of working hours um wow. in, in fact, if christmas was a big thing because coming from the religious country that i do it was quite a tradition to do christmas eve sort of thing yeah. together and she would normally let me have it off, but the last few years it was just a big fat no. And I was just like, why not? Like, it's one day and we don't have to open on Christmas Eve. Right. We're close throughout, you know, from that day until the first week of January. So what's another day? Right. And it would just be no. It's like, oh, we, and I'll just like say something like, oh, I just want to spend the day with my boyfriend, you know. She's like, well, you said you're not religious, so. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and I was just like, look, I just want to spend the time. Like, you know, this is still a tradition, whether it's religious or not. Like, I still like to do these certain things and make these sorts of food. I'll take a fucking whole day to right. prepare. 
I love my boyfriend. Can I spend time with him? (laughs) Yeah, but no, no, she called it playing the game. She said, you can't be playing this game, Bella. That's not how it works. And I was like, fucking no, playing the game because I want to die off on Christmas Eve. Jesus. Fuck you too. Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah, so that was the thing. But, yeah, so basically we had. she was like, oh, you know, like I'm so, I'm upset that you're leaving because I never said no to you going away. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna I'm, not, I'm gonna hard try really hard <laughs> to do this professional, even though you're saying absolute bullshit to my fucking face. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I've never done this before. I've never quit really. Not after seven years of working somewhere, so I don't really know what to do now. And she's like, well, first of all, it'd really suck if you went to work somewhere close by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have any plans where to go yet. Like, literally, right. you know, me and my boyfriend aren't tied down with a mortgage or anything. We could go anywhere. We have been talking about going to Scotland even, like right. anywhere. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring you, um, you know, to bring this to attention now so that, you know, we've got the time to kind of set something in motion and have a look at some different places and whatnot and go from there. So, like, you know. And also thinking in my head, don't worry if I go work anywhere. I yeah. want to go away from you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to stay anywhere local. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't think she thought about it that way. So she was just like, I'd really suck if you were somewhere close by. But, you know, when I'm back from um, wherever her next holiday was, we're going to find you a date to leave. I was like, all right, cool. That sounds all right. Let's do that. And then I went back to the main room of the studio and her husband went to speak to her and after a few minutes he came back to the room where I was in he came over to my bench put his down on my bench in front of me looked me dead in the eyes and said this town's not going to be nice for you oh my god and I was just like wow okay I don't know how to take this right now because you basically threatened me Mm -hmm. yeah and I was like but don't worry, I don't plan on working anywhere near here. Mm-hmm. But like what do you mean? Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> and there was other people in the studio too, the apprentices were there and stuff. So I didn't want to like I didn't know if I was allowed to say that I'm leaving it or anything, because I knew like if I'd done anything at this point to piss her off, it's gonna get worse than it's ever been. And uh, like I didn't I couldn't be bothered for the hassle, you know. Um, so I just kind of left it. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then <laughs> somehow, miraculously, I managed to keep a good relationship with the apprentices, even though she did her very best to basically, you know, make stir shit between everybody and whatnot, uh, like with the money thing and other things. So I found out from them the things that she was saying about me behind my back. Um, she said that if I try to go anywhere in this town, she will go out of her way to make it impossible for me. She'll call up the shops and tell them I'm a horrible person and this and the other because she's not going to have someone who she's trained for seven years work somewhere else or someone else to reap the benefits. Hmm. So you're hers. Yeah. You're her property. Literally. And I was oh. like, fuck now. How long is long enough for you to think that I've paid my due? Isn't it nice? 
to hear. I'm glad that it's not a miraculous thing. You're a good person. So that's why you stayed in touch with the apprentices because you're a good person. And I believe in that yielding better things than treating people like shit. Um, you know, like that's what you get is the benefit of these, these little graces that happen, uh, that keep you, um, healing and moving forward. But, um, I've had similar situations in, in personal relationships where I had the benefit of hearing background stories about what somebody was saying about me, um, not to my face. And I'm so happy because had I not had those things, I probably would have second guessed myself. I would have felt bad about what I did or whatever, but hearing those continual things kind of gave me like, Oh shit, you did the right thing, man. You left the work. It was such a bad situation you were in. Thank God you left. Like, thank God, because this is how the person really was and how they really, really are and how they really saw me. You know, that is literally the first thought I had when I heard about these things. I was like, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It makes it so much easier to get the fuck on up out of here. Well, where do you find yourself now? Like, I hope it's, it's better. Like, I mean, you don't have to go into specifics, um, but like, you know, what's, what's your life at this point? Um, I am thriving. (laughs) (laughs) As cliche as it sounds, I am literally like a bird that's been let out of the cage and I'm going everywhere. You know, like I said, the first thing I want to do is travel. I've already been on one guest spot in the Netherlands. It's been amazing. It's the best experience I could have hoped for. I've got another four or five guest spots planned for this year. I've got a convention in Brussels in November. I've got another convention in Telford in January, I think, or February. You know, Aww. I'm working in a studio that appreciates me for not just the artist, but the person that I am. You know, they've got a much better financial situation as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing all of these different things as well to try and, well, both kind of progress my career, but also try to help the industry get better as well and stop these kinds of situations from happening. So that's, yeah. you know main reasons why I'm here today yeah I don't know raise some awareness help some people see the red flags that I didn't see or chose not to see you know yeah Um, I have I've been pushing myself so much to do things that in my mind I'm just like oh I'm never gonna be able to do this (laughs) but I'm just like fuck it you know I left that place I can do anything (laughs) yeah 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 no that's super good great you know there's this um it all happened like one thing after another it was almost like destiny or something mm-hmm. I had an email from um tattoo smart.com I don't know yeah. if you know yeah 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 Russell um uh, yeah. Russell, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's an email and it said that basically they're launching like this online community for tattoo artists that's going mm-hmm. to be like very heavily vetted and you know, people are going to go on there and support each other and try and like improve the industry on a whole like new level. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally everything that I want to do right now. That's great. Like, put it in better words. And I did the application process and it's like 16 pages long. And I was just like, oh my God, 
what am I doing? Like, there's no way I'm going to get into this thing. But I went for it and I went full fucking force. You know, I wrote an essay for each answer to every question Aww. and I got in. Oh, that's and awesome. I'm one of the founding members in the, in the community now. And I've already learned so much from everybody. I made some good connections and I just feel like, I don't know, I feel the love for tattooing again and the industry because that disappeared. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah. But it's back again, and I feel better than I have ever done before, and I'm just so excited for the things that are about to come. That makes me very happy. I got the same thing, but I, 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 uh, I, uh, I don't know. I think the whole industry for me, um, I'm, I'm, I've had enough in within the whole industry that I'm, I'm watching everybody quite a bit. I want to watch it for a while because I don't know it freaked me out dude but I'm Mm. very happy for you and Russ Abbott is an amazing talent and he um Tattoo Smart is is really building I have a lot of his brushes through Procreate I've bought a lot of those um brushes just to like play with and mess around with and for anybody listening um Tattoo Smart the Procreate brushes that they create um, they have 3D models now. They have uh, they have a whole bunch of helpful aids for tattoo artists. If if you have access to an iPad and an eye pencil, it it can any kind of tablet and and procreate. You can you can do a lot with tattooing. Um, now, of course, tattoo design is you know I do think you should start on paper first. But for any tattoo artist, it's an industry industry professional, like those tools can be really great to help you market with your clients and things like that. So I just want to plug that because it is something I use a lot and I recommend and I showcase um, in my own forums with people. I love giving people, um, you know, shout outs when their products are good. They're really, really good. And uh, I see that about Russ Abbott's work. The only thing I, I can say is, is that you know, the thing that hit me with Russ Abbott and Russ, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, but <laughs> it it's kind of like when people would ask me like, how have you been on Ink Master? Or have you been? On? And I was like, well, I've been asked to be on there. Um, and they're like, well, why didn't you do it? And I said, well, because I don't want anybody else to tell my story. And mm-hmm. that's kind of it is that I appreciate being a part of something big and if I find a community of people that suit me and are everything as you just said that 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 makes my heart sing that like makes me feel connected that makes me feel like I'm doing something bigger and better great um but I haven't found it yet and I don't know Russ enough to sign up for something yet he kind of said something to me that we were at Arizona at Hell City and he was sitting in a hot tub and I was sitting across from him and I was talking about how I wanted to let some of my skin be from my apprentices because I feel like them doing their first tattoo on me or one of their first tattoos on me is is not only a great collect, collect, correct, collector's item but it also is a confidence space for them to let them know that I'm willing to mark my body with with their journey and he just looked at me and he kind of scoffed and was like, well, that's awful nice of you. And I just, I was just like, the fuck was that? 
<laughs> like, like, I mean, it's not, like, I'm not trying to do it for brownie points. I just think that that's a really great thing to do. And, and a confidence thing of like looking ahead and saying to yourself, like, why am I like apprenticing this person? Is it because of the accolades I want? Is it to, is it to do it for any other reason that I see in this person something great? And I want to have a piece from them that I know is going to be one of the foundational things of their entire career. And I have one of those right now, like one of the apprentices that was at our studio, I have her first piece and it's such a gem. And I know she's, I mean, she's already fucking, she's, she has more Instagram followers than me. She's amazing. I have to finish more work by her, you know, like, and I don't know, it was just a thing with Russ that I was kind of like, what? <laughs> but I don't know. It was a one-time moment and it was probably like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But it was just something that I was just kind of like, why, why are you being a shithead to me right now? Why are you trying to make me feel bad for something that I think is really cool? Yeah. But, but that was my thing. And so now I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I, you know, and people change. This was years ago. This was years ago. This could have been something that he did. I mean, I, I mean, I, I see him now. He's lost a lot of weight. You know, we're going on a tangent about Russ Abbott. Um, <laughs> he does make wonderful tools and he is an icon in the industry. And I, and I can't, you know, I don't want to start out anything by thinking that, you know, it's not integral because a lot can happen between that comment and now you know, like, and it was just a feeling, but I'm happy I could give it to you just so that you can hang it because, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to come in and take over your garden. I'm just going to give you a seed and let you do what you want with it. Yeah. <laughs> you it's can plan it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just kind of see these things and they seem so like far away and distant and amazing from you and you just kind of forget that these people are people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good to bring it down a little bit and be like, oh, okay. Well, that's the thing is like what you realize with like the social media kind of thing, like going through things and actually seeing it for what it is, is that if you haven't met these people in person, you know, you're kind of going off of like what the social media tools can pro provide you with. And, um, you know, that's the other hurdle of the modern age is that things aren't tangible anymore. Like, yeah, it was a lot less safe to approach apprenticeships, much like you, much like me. Mine was a lot more in person and less less social media tools and stuff to connect us. But like now we have these social tools that once we're going in our career can be very advantageous, but then it's also hard to really know where people are at. And mm. so, you know, I look at them with kind of like this, you know, like I, I put up a wall there to kind of watch it for a while because people can be a lot of things online. And mm. I try to be careful with, with what I presume, uh, about it. And I really want to test the waters lately. I've just been hanging out with my wang out and just showing all the sides of myself that I kind of kept low key because I, I didn't think they mattered, but after COVID and after all these things that our world has gone through, I've realized I've lost friends as a result of them very much so mattering, at least to them. So I was like, okay, well, I'll save us all time and I'll let you know. And if you'd mm -hmm. like to walk away from me, that's fine. Walk away. 
that's cool. It'll save us both time. I've always been genuine. I've always been loving you. And these things genuinely didn't matter to me, but if they do matter to you, I am going to let you know right here and now that this is me so that you can make a decision about your time and energy. And I don't want, I don't want either of us to abuse each other anymore. Like that's ridiculous. We all should be in our integrity. We all should be walking within our, who we want to be, what we are. And, um, and I'm glad you, I, I, Look, from what everything you've told me, you're a hustler. There's no reason in the world you shouldn't have gotten in and been part of that crew. So just always remember that you're really great. I've seen your work. It's beautiful. It's stunning. So there's no reason why you shouldn't have gotten that. I mean, in my heart. Um, and I really hope that it, it I, I mean, if any, it's going to teach you a lot. You know, like I, that's <laughs> the thing. It's always going to teach you a lot. Like you said, it already has. And, um, you know, I think that's really, really, really good. Is there anyone beyond Russ Abbott who we also know is amazing? Again, Russ, I don't know you. We had a moment. So I just, you know, <laughs> if this starts shit, I'm, you know, I'm already saying like, cool, let's have a conversation. <laughs> Maybe we can come to some other thing. But is there any other artists that you're looking at that you really admire that you um, want to shout out and give a nod to? Um, yes, my current boss, I'm not going to say names or anything just in case, but he'll know who he is and his wife. I just think um, both of them have been through pretty much the same experience as me Mm. and have come out stronger at the other end and have managed to make something amazing out of it. And they've created a space for people like myself where, you know, we can find the love for tattooing again and do it in a very safe and fair and supportive space and, just be ourselves then I think it's absolutely amazing you know they've Aww. gone far and beyond to make me comfortable and just kind of obviously there's a bit of PTSD that comes with the kind of experiences <laughs> that I've had so they've been very patient with me <laughs> and very that's loving. awesome it's just yeah they're both absolutely amazing I'm so glad that makes my heart really happy because you, you need that and um you know these things happen in the end I think I mean it's it's hack but one door closes, the other one does open and it might open many, uh, with that one door shut. And obviously it already has for you. Um, I don't know if you can tell in the background, but this is one of my spare bedrooms. If ever you find yourself in the Maryland area in your travels, um, I currently don't have a studio that can host guest artists, but if you need a place to save some money and, 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 you know, just hang out with us. You can stay with us. <laughs> so much. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend really, really loves tattoo artists. Like you said about conventions and stuff and meeting the bikers and, and, and the brutes mm-hmm. that everybody warns you about. He was like, I love going to tattoo conventions. I love <laughs> being around tattoo artists. You guys like, you're all so happy. You're all doing things together. It's magnificent. It's magnificent. And he's like, I, I like feel this warmth. It's like, it's just, it makes me so happy. It brings me so much peace. So he really loves being around tattooers. And I I think really what it is, is he likes, he likes the hustle. He likes, he likes (laughs) a bunch of people, you know, kind of doing a thing together and us, you know, gritting it out together and and making it work. Cause you know, in in the back end of tattoo conventions, it's a lot, like it's, (laughs) there's a lot of like unknowns and like, you're presenting and all those things. So, but he really loves it. Um, is there 
anything that you want to touch on that we didn't I mean I think this is a great podcast I cannot thank you enough like this is going to help a lot of people I assure you I hope so I hope so yeah I mean I think that yeah I, I mean hopefully um in sharing this I mean you probably aren't needing any more work or anything like that you seem like you're thriving but all I can say is that I hope that there's enough space between you and what has happened to you eventually that you know we can just shout you out to the rooftops and you know maybe maybe the people who um, put you down will ask you for a job one day that would be amazing right Uh, I always have those little things in my head, like these little scenarios, you know, like they just make me feel like, okay, you got this. My haters and my motivators, maybe one day, you know, they'll come back asking me if nothing else to, with some kind of, you know, understanding about what they did, which for me is a love towards them because in their present state, they're not have, they're not helping themselves, you know, like they're hurting themselves. So that's how I see it. No, I completely agree with that. You know, like in the last few months, I sort of, I had a lot of anger and everything, but I knew her well enough to know that she's struggling with her own shit. And, you know, I can't help her with it. It's not my job. No, it's not. That's it. I just, you know, like I said, one day, maybe one day I'll get to go up to her and be like, look at me now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at me now. Yeah, you know, however you want to take that, whether it's in spite of you or thanks to you, do do whatever you want with that. But look at me now. The one that I envision is giving a seminar and then having my <laughs> ex boss or whoever walk in and sit in it and watch yeah. me. That's my that's my like coup de gras. Like it isn't. It's like a latent <laughs> passive aggressive thing. But like I'm like, yeah. mm, maybe. I mean, probably by putting it out there, it won't happen. But I don't care. Like that's my dream. No. <laughs> manifest it I believe in you yeah 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 exactly and you know like half of it had to be true right half of it had to be like you know on a on a low end they're proud and they you know wanted to see you succeed or else why would they have done it you know like I, yeah. I think some of it is that too of like even if and that's why I think it could happen is that they'd be able to stand there and be like, oh, I helped her get there. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, look, look at her now. I, I helped do that. <laughs> like, but, and that's why I see it as possible, but fuck that. I don't care. But like, I, oh. that's why I see it, you know, possibly happening. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I wanted to say thank you again. I don't want to keep any more of your day. Um, you're lovely. You're you're very lovely. Um, so are you. Thank you. <laughs> I, great I, time, honestly. Yeah. It feels like I get it off my chest, and uh, yeah, I feel proactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really nice, and um, uh, I'm very happy that you um also have a journey with a therapist, and that you found a good person for you too, because I feel that um it's very helpful, and I that's a recommendation that I have to anybody if they're struggling with things like oh. that. 100% therapy yeah. is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that makes my heart so, so happy that you have your person and that you can turn to her. Is it a her? 
him. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That you can turn to her and um, she's there for you. That matters greatly. And, you know, just so you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a thing that, that started this podcast too. I lost my therapist uh, in 2018 and I was starting this journey of podcasting. And a lot of it was about reflecting on mentorship and realizing what, amazing blessing I had in, in, and all the mentors I've had, but having a therapist for so long, she was my, my person for like 14 years. So it's a gift. It's a really big gift and they don't make them equal. So it's really cool. I'm happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have a blessed day and awesome. Everything. I'm so happy I met you and, um, let's stay in touch, but for now, yes, yeah, I'll let you have your day. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, bye. <laughs> bye. Oh, man, what a story. Thank you so much for that submission, Bella. Now, just so everybody knows, we did change all the names in the story to protect innocence and, uh, you know, to, to lessen the uh, trauma of this story. We are very happy that Bella has moved on to greener pastures and can pursue more of what she had hoped her dream would be in the tattoo industry. We hope that this story offers a lot of insight to people starting out in tattooing. Thank you so much, Bella, and thank you so much, Diary listeners. The Black Box series is in response to many stories that are hard to tell and that people withhold telling for fear of reprisal. We think these stories must be told. Recover the wreckage of lived experiences and pick through the rubble so that the information found can better serve the future. If you have such a story in your professional journey, please reach out to theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. Thank you to our storytellers and thanks as always to our listeners.